Hey, and welcome to Sunday Replay, the weekly podcast from Harmony to Luca Lake, where we recap everything that we learned in our Sunday service and give you a little bit extra from me, Jace, your Families and Connections Director at Harmony. This is our first episode of Sunday Replay, and we're thrilled to have this opportunity to be with you. I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm usually driving or doing dishes or running at the gym. So no matter what you're doing, we are thrilled that you are allowing us to be a part of your experience today. So for our first episode, we are entering a new weekly series at Harmony called Wrestling with the Questions Jesus Asked. And our first question that we're going to be talking about on today's episode is, who is it that you say I am? Who do you say that I am? This is a question that Jesus asked his disciples, and we believe he asks us today too. So here's Pastor Mark to answer that question with you. This is a wonderful day. This is a wonderful day for all of us to be together, and it is a great time to start our new fall sermon series called Wrestling with the Questions Jesus Asked. Uh, So for six Sundays, what we're going to do is we're going to explore some of the most provocative questions that Jesus posed to uh, us and others. And you know what? He was definitely fond of asking questions, many of which they cut right to the heart of what it means to be human. Why are you afraid? Hmm? What do you live for? Whom do you love? Oh, when we dare to raise these, these questions, they not only reveal what Jesus cares about, mm -mm, they also open a window, a window into our hearts. And when we turn things around and ask Jesus what he wants to know about us, this, friends, is when growth happens. This then brings a fuller appreciation for the wisdom and the power and the presence of God in our lives. Well, this morning we're going to start off with Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? Incorporating the scripture passage that we heard earlier from Joy Men, from Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 27. And the story begins with Jesus and he's uh, praying by himself. Now, this this is right on the heels of having fed 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fish. And as as often is the case, when Jesus, he's praying or he's got some alone time, he gets interrupted by the disciples. Now, what does he do? Well, instead of giving the disciples the stank eye, what he does is he asks them a question. And he says, who do the crowds say that I am? Now, I was thinking about it, and it's as though Jesus is taking on the role of Steve Harvey. And he's hosting a, a, a popular game show, right? And he's asking the team members to guess the results of the audience survey questions. Who does the crowd say Jesus is? Well, I can visualize the disciples and, you know, they come in together with a huddle and they're comparing notes with each other. And they say, oh, wow, thousands of people. What did they express about Jesus doing that miracle? Woo! And then they all turn to Jesus and they answer him, say, John the Baptist, ding. Elijah, ding. Uh, one of the ancient prophets that came to life, ding. Now, these aren't bad answers. No, you know, I mean, in fact, to not actually be in the know I'd say the latest public opinion polls, they come close to the target. They just don't hit the bullseye. I mean, yeah, yeah, 
Jesus was like John the Baptist. He was. Both preached in, about repentance and forgiveness of sins. Both were compelling and they attracted large followings uh, during their ministries. Both faced opposition and criticism from the religious authorities of their time. But, and I want to repeat that last line, everybody. But Jesus was more than that. Everybody say it with me. But Jesus was more than that. Yeah, Jesus was like Elijah. Mm -hmm. Both performed amazing miracles and they displayed supernatural powers. Both spent time in the wilderness during pivotal moments in their lives, both were miraculously fed and provided with food. I mean, Elijah was provided food by ravens, and there's Jesus being ministered uh, to by angels after the temptation in the wilderness. But let's repeat that last line. Jesus was more than that. And yeah, Jesus was like the prophets of old. Both claimed to have a divine calling uh, and authority to speak on behalf of God. Both prophesied about future events uh, and so, and both spoke against injustice and oppression and as well as social issues. But repeat after me, Jesus was more than that. Then comes the bonus round. Jesus asked the disciples, and what about you? Who do you say that I am? Now, if you look in your Bible, hmm, you're going to find that this question is asked in Luke chapter 9, verse 20. However, the responsive answer in the very same verse doesn't immediately follow the question. There is a break in between the question and the answer. Now, faith community, this is important. There's a reason behind this. This is where a breath is to be taken. This is a moment for personal reflection. And why is that? Because when we answer that question, it determines more than your belief about Jesus. It reveals what you believe about yourself, your relationship to Christ, and your perspective on life. Peter, the rock, the one who always seems to speak out, he steps forward and he says, the Christ now, and that's interpreted, right? The Messiah, the anointed one, uh, the liberator, Jesus the Messiah. He's, uh, he's from, uh, but, but here's where Peter, he doesn't stop with just the Christ. No. What he does is he says, sent from God. Sent from God. He is from God. He's not just a messenger of God like John the Baptist. He's not just a spokes, like a spokesperson of God like Elijah. He's not like just a representative of God uh, uh, like the ancient prophets. No, Jesus was God, anointed by God, sent from God. Now, friends, that in a nutshell, that answers the question, who's Jesus? And when Jesus then gives them, right after that, he gives them strict orders, right? And he says, don't tell this to anyone. And there's a part of me that's thinking Peter is sitting there doing a little bit of this, to, and he's turning to the other disciples, and he's sort of pointing at himself, saying, winner, winner, chicken dinner, right? He's all happy. Nonetheless, there's a twist coming because it's not the complete answer. Mm-mm. And you know there's always a twist coming around with Jesus. This is the guy who loves to turn the tables, right? 
The Christ goes on to state that he is going to suffer many things, be rejected, be killed, and be raised on the third day. Now, huh, it's interesting because we later learn in the scripture that the disciples seem to conveniently forget this part, what Jesus added. Maybe, maybe that's because this extra part of who Jesus is wasn't what they hoped for, wasn't what they wanted, wasn't what they believed is going to happen to their Messiah. Sort of like us. Sometimes it's easy to get stuck in the way that we see Jesus. We expect our view of God to fit into our own life experiences, our own agendas, our own uh, perspectives. We want to picture, hope for, want, and believe in whichever Jesus that uh, we like best. Who do you say Jesus is? Ah, this is a challenging question because it requires something of us. And this is something that Peter and the disciples, you know, they learned over time. In response to this question, who do you say Jesus is, it requires a daily examination and a daily recommitment of faith. But you know what? Doing this daily, <laughs> that's not easy. I'm going to admit there are times when I'm just a slacker. You know, I'm looking for a cheat day. Give me a cheat day or two or three or six. Because you know what? Jesus is not physically around me to hold me accountable. It's easy for that to be happening. And it's because life gets in the way, right? Does that happen to you? Yeah? Thank goodness for the unmerited grace of God that meets us where we are each and every day. Can I get an amen? Right? I state each and every day because this isn't just a today examination. This is not just a today recommitment. It's a lifetime of exploration. On this lifetime of exploration, what better way than to be vulnerable and open and honest with the divine creator? Because you know what? Whatever's going on with you, the divine creator already knows it, right? So why in the world are you hiding it? Right? Sort of like Addison talked about this morning, opening song, right? What's holding you back? What better way for us to be examining our faith and recommitting ourselves than to be surrounded by this supportive, affirming faith community here at Harmony Toluca Lake? It is when we engage in dialogue with one another and receive encouragement that we grow together and enrich our understanding and our faith. What better way? than to align with Jesus' teaching of loving our neighbors as ourselves and serving others, placing the focus not on ourselves, but on building the beloved community, the kingdom of God here on earth. To answer the question, who do you say Jesus is? What we might need to do is reorder our own relationship with Jesus, the Christ. And Peter Peter's a great example of this. I'm going to use that for example because here's the guy that he, look, he answered the question, right? Didn't he answer the question? Yeah. But for him to truly understand what it is that he said, the Christ sent from God, his faith had to mature and evolve. And we see that it did because all we have to do is he, we see in the uh, gospel of Luke and in the books of Acts that how he spent the remaining days of his life in ministry, expanding his understanding of what Jesus was calling him to do. And furthermore, 
If you think about the reordering of relationships, no relationship is static. Mm -mm. And neither is our perception of our relationships. You know what? I'm going to put it another way. For any relationship worth having in your life, does it require a lifetime of examination and recommitment? I mean, it's not a one and done. We're good to go for the rest of our lives together. huh? So then, why in the world would it be any different with Jesus? Especially with Jesus. Harmony, we must always see Jesus as the Messiah of God. Our relationship with him then is allowed, even encouraged to change and to evolve and mature. To say Jesus is the Christ sent from God should make a difference in our lives. To say and mean this, we then joyfully and we willfully follow the life and example of that, that Jesus gives to us to love as God loves. To say Jesus is the Christ sent from God we commit, we recommit ourselves to living by the words of the Savior as he spoke them in the Sermon on the Mount, to adopt and live into its principles as a guide for living and relating to others, to have a heart of compassion as well as seek the way of peace over violence. To say Jesus is the Christ sent from God, we must seek. In fact, I'm going to say we must work to expand God's loving openness, to care for and lift up and support those who have been and feel rejected or shunned, ignored, to expand God's affirming hospitality to all who have been hurt or harmed by the church, to continue to steadfastly call for all, all of God's beloved children to be welcomed into every position in the church. Let's not hold back now which includes also couples seeking marriage as well as those who want to be ordained as clergy. Faith community answering Jesus' question, who do you say that I am, goes beyond just stating the facts about Jesus. I urge you to take time to reflect on what you truly believe about Jesus. I want you to consider his teachings, his life, his death, his resurrection. I want you to reflect on the impact that Christ has had on the world as well as in your life. Study the scriptures. Pray to spirit asking for guidance. Explore different historical perspectives on Jesus' identity to deepen your understanding. Express your response to this question in your own authentic language. Share, and then share your answer with the faith community and engage in dialogue with others to enrich your faith. And as you grow in your faith, your understanding of Jesus, I promise you, it's going to evolve. And that's what we want, to be open to new insights and willing to uh, uh, change and adapt and mature. Friends, how we answer this question has profound implications for how we live our lives and how we impact the world around us. So may we all earnestly seek to know Jesus more deeply and respond to his question with sincere hearts, allowing his transformative love to shape us into his likeness. 
let us give thanks for the gift of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
It's time for the Sunday Replay Halftime Show. Every week here on Sunday Replay, we take just a few seconds out of the service to share with you some of the upcoming opportunities to connect with the Harmony Faith community and everything that is going on at Hollywood UMC. So this week, I want to highlight an opportunity coming up on September 24th, 2023 at noon in the Fellowship Hall at Harmony. We are going to be having Engage 2023 that day. And Engage is an experience designed for you to connect with different opportunities on campus, off campus, online, just all of the things happening at Harmony and in our church. So you're going to learn more about our small groups and ways that you can connect with other members of the community. We're also going to be talking about opportunities to volunteer and serve, as well as things like our family ministry and um, the worship band, just all of the ways that you can get involved. I also want to highlight that we have a new ministry opportunity coming very soon. We're looking for new volunteer photographers Photographers to help us to capture content of what's happening on the Harmony campus every weekend. So if you're interested in photography, you don't need to be an expert. You'll definitely be better at this than me. But if you are interested in participating or learning more, you can contact me, Jace, J-A-S-E, at hollywoodumc.org and I would love to share more and get you set up to be one of our Harmony photographers. So that's it for today's halftime show. It's time for us to jump back into the service and this week is an Our Story worship experience. And Every Our Story experience is an opportunity for Pastor Mark to connect with a special guest and learn about their faith journey and how it contributes to the larger story all of us as a body of believers have to tell. And so today's guest with Pastor Mark is, oh, it's me. So here is the conversation that Pastor Mark and I had on Sunday during Our Story. So today is an Our Story worship experience, and we have the pleasure of having, having Harmony's, gosh, what are we calling you now? Director of Families and Connections, Jace Lucas. Uh, and so, Jace, uh, this is going to be really fun. <laughs> There's so many questions. See, I have a whole page of questions, but I can't get to all of them. We'll have to wait for the podcast, right? Yeah, the podcast. All right, yeah, our story <laughs> podcast. So uh, we're going to start off with, uh, I want to say this is pretty easy. So if you're having a meal and you've got some biblical character who could join you, who would you say that that, that biblical character is? I'm such a, well, you told me not to say Jesus, so I'll give that caveat. <laughs> I'm such a fan of Esther um, from the Old Testament. And uh, last summer, we did a, a lesson on Esther and Harmony Kids. And I just think that there's something about so much courage and yet humility in the same person. Um, and how, her dedication to doing what was right for her people while also stepping out, being the queen. Like, it's such a balance of being bold and confident and also humble and caring, and I think that's an example of who Jesus calls us to be. So I'd have to say Esther. All right, nice. Uh, and by the way, for those that are in person, this may be your first time that you have seen an Our Story experience, and again, it, you heard Gaddison sharing his story, right? And so I love that. 
Uh, our story is a way for us to have uh, members of Holly, uh, Harmony, uh, Toluca Lake, to be able to share about their faith journey, which is part of our story as well, which ties in again to the podcast now happening once a month. So Jace and others have been joining in, so this is why we do this. Uh, so, okay, you're a PK. Yes, that, yes, I am. <laughs> and what's a PK? Just so- a PK is a pastor's kid. It's a, oh. it's a fun job to have. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that like growing up being a PK? You know... And, and, well, and also the caveat, in an evangelical church. Setting. Exactly, mm-hmm. yes. I've had to give a lot of apologies for being an evangelical pastor's child. Um, and I'll caveat all of this with how much I love my father, who is an evangelical pastor, and how much he has evolved since my childhood and, you know, is, is such a great man, um, a, a great person who I look up to and he loves me. Um, he's met my boyfriend. Like, he's very, uh, we can't say affirming yet, but he's very accepting of who I am. So I want to caveat all of that. Mm-hmm. or all of this with that, but it was a journey growing up um, with an evangelical preacher as a father, and, um, you know, some of my earliest memories in life were at church, which is a good thing, except that I just remember being four years old and talking about things like hell and, like, what is damnation? Like, imagine a four-year-old asking you that question, you know? Um, and I have a very vivid memory, too, of being at Walmart with my father one night. And um, I can't remember what I did or what happened, but I had to stop and pray. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, i got to pray really fast. I just sinned. And he was like, what? And I was like, if I don't pray right now and we get in a car accident when we leave, I can't go to hell. I've got to pray and ask God to forgive my sins right now. And in that moment, even I think he realized, he was like, oh, maybe we've taken this a step far. I need to like backtrack a little bit and tell a different story. Um, but it, it was such a life-shaping experience to start with this message of judgment and, you know, you're born into sin and you're not good enough for God. And then having to grow up and, and challenge those notions is really tricky because you're even taught to challenge some of those thoughts is an act against God. And it's like, how am I supposed to challenge the idea that I'm acting against God if challenging that idea is an act against God? Mm-hmm. It was such a complicated process. But at the same time, I think in growing out of that mindset and in you know diving into the scriptures myself and, and learning about who I believe God is without the influence of an evangelical pastor dad is one of the ways that I formed my deepest relationship with God is ch- growing through all of the, the gunk and the maybe uh, exaggerations and extremes that I grew up with and realizing that God's love is bigger than any of those uh, negative connotations of God and that, that in the end, God's love is the center of our faith. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago in a sermon that this, the central theme of the gospel is not sin, mm-hmm. it's grace. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of been the, the end result of the journey is making that realization. Yeah. So uh, when you were a child, outside of your dad, who, who provided you with your earliest experience of Jesus? Yeah. So 
whether this is a real memory or not, we're never going to know. Um, but I have a very vivid memory of being in like the baby's nursery at my uh, father's first church where he was an associate pastor. Um, and I know two of the women who are in this memory. Um, I know them in real life, so I know that they were in the nursery with me at some point, um, but I remember reading about Noah's Ark in the nursery from there, but I also grew up with such like a, a faith-centered family, and um, my grandfather was a pastor. My grandmother is one of my biggest uh, influences and teachers in this life, um, and, and she taught me so much about you know God's love for me, but also other people, and that was one of my first learnings outside of the church about God was how much um, our faith and our belief in God is also a calling for us to help others. Um, and that's some of the first things that I learned about Jesus. All right. So you, uh, at this evangelical church setting, uh, you had an official position mm. uh, as a youth, right? Yeah. What, what was that? Yeah, so um, I was 16 when I uh, took a role as a children's ministry director, simply Ooh. because they didn't want to pay someone to do it. And, um, so I was 16 and I did that. Um, and that was all that I remember in my teenage years, you know, after school, going to church and working on the weekends, on Saturdays, like coming to the church and getting things done. Um, and it was, again, like a blessing because you'll hear teachers say a lot, like when you teach something, you learn it better than if someone was teaching it to you. So like mm -hmm. math teachers are always better at math than their students because they're learning more about math than the people that they're teaching it to. So I think the same is true when I was blessed with the opportunity to teach kids about God. Um, I feel like I learned so much about my own faith in that journey. Um, but it was really interesting to have a 16-year-old telling 12-year-olds, you know, all, all about God's love for them. No pressure. <laughs> None, right? <laughs> so um, during this time frame, uh, you came to realization. Right, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that was? So when I realized that I was gay, I was still in an evangelical church in that same role, the same church I had grown up in, mm -hmm. um, and I had to hide it for many years, many years. And um, my parents actually recommended that to me. I was never told, like, keep, keep your mouth shut, like, stay silent about this, but I was encouraged. Like, you really should consider before you decide to tell your siblings, your friends, your church about your sexuality, you should really consider what that means for you and your life. And so for, oh goodness, five years after I came out to my parents, I didn't tell anyone else. And um, a lot of that was because of the beliefs of our church and um, the pressures that came from that experience and what I was doing in the church and the calling that I felt on my life. Um, but it also meant that, as Gaddison mentioned earlier, I was never able in those five years to come to God fully as myself. I felt like I had to hide a part of myself from God, from the faith community that I was in, where I was growing in my relationship with other people and with God, from my friends and my family, and I felt like I had this big secret that, as Gaddison like, perfectly said, I felt like if I revealed it, that was just the end for me. There was no hope for eternity with God. And this was at the point in my life where I was realizing that love for God is a very real, tangible thing. It's not just this vague concept. Like, God is 
an individual who I wanted an authentic relationship with. So it was very hard for those five years to hide that from the people around me and also from God. Mm -hmm. And there was a price to be paid when you did come out. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, in high school, um, I, you know, started to tell one friend here and there about myself. Um, one of my best friends today, she told me she had a crush on me, and I was like, I can't, I can't, like, have this unauthentic relationship with you. I need to tell you something about myself. Um, so here and there, I would tell some of my closest friends about my sexuality, and eventually, that, um, you know, word spreads. Um, and it got to the point where I have a brother who's just a year younger than me, so we were in school together. And it got to the point where he got in a physical fight because someone had made an accusation, oh, your brother's gay, we were in the Midwest, that wasn't great. Um, and so my parents eventually said to me, like, it's gotten to your brother, it had gotten to the associate pastor at my dad's church who had approached my dad about it and asked. Um, and they eventually just said to me, like, you have to make this decision. I was 18, a senior in high school. Are you going to continue? I, the way it was kind of positioned to me is, are you going to continue on your journey with God, or are you going to be gay? Um, and I, in that moment, knew that I had been trying for five years to hide who I was from other people, God, and myself, and it wasn't working. So I was like, I cannot deny who I am. And so I decided to come out my senior year of high school, and um, it was an experience. Um, I never had to tell my church that I was gay because my parents talked to the church deacons, which I'm blessed that they took on that role for me. Um, and it was just decided that like I should no longer be there. And I could come to church. I could be there on Sunday mornings, mm -hmm. but I couldn't take on a leadership role, couldn't volunteer, couldn't participate in things, couldn't be trusted with children. And it was such a barrier for my relationship with the people that had raised me in that faith community, a barrier for my relationship with God that, you know, stunted my communication with God for several years to follow because that's heartbreaking and got really lucky and blessed that I had some friends, because like I said, I was 18, so could go and make my own decisions. I got really lucky that I had some friends who went to a really big church that wasn't an affirming church by any means, but you didn't need to, you know, nothing was getting up to the pastors about who I was. So I was able to go there and, and kind of be there, but um, if you've ever been to a mega church, it's not as easy to plug in, find a group of people to study the Bible with and grow in relationships with, and certainly not to, you know, serve alongside. So it definitely was a challenge, but at the end of the day, in the past eight years since then, it's led to me being able to have an authentic relationship with my faith community and with my creator, and, and that's what matters the most. Yes, amen. Yeah. See, there's so many questions that I, I want to engage with, uh, you know, the conversation with Jason. And again, we'll have that later. It'll be on podcast. So what brought you to Harmony? Yes. Yeah, so um, when I uh, moved to Hollywood after college, I was looking for a church. And um, I actually lived just a couple of blocks from the Hollywood campus. So I went there and found out during my first visit that they had a more contemporary campus. And that was kind of 
the way I like to go. And so um, I came for a visit to Harmony and it was such an interesting thing because the job that I had right out of college was a very small company, there were about 12 of us. And um, on my first visit here to Harmony, one of my coworkers, whose last week it was in Los Angeles, was greeting uh, Aaron. Yes, Aaron. And I was like, Aaron, you're a, a Christian? <laughs> a Christian who also works in public relations? What is this? You know, and it was such a cool experience. And she's like, Jace, this is different. Like, this is so different from, you know, what you're used to. And that was where it all started. And, you know, now it's been four years? Four yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah, four years. <laughs> fly, fly. Here we are. <laughs> Aaron, by the way, uh, lives in Austin. This is a mutual friend, and I was able to connect her with uh, Reconciling Church in Austin. And so, yes. My first Sunday here was her last Sunday. It's like God had just let our paths cross as like kind of a reassurance that this was yeah. a good place to be, and yeah. it all went from there. And then, I mean, well, you went from just attending, right, to suddenly it's like, okay, well, I'll step up and volunteer, and then now look at you. Right? <laughs> I hope it's been a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, I, um, go on, go on. I know um, it's been about two years ago now that I came to Pastor Mark after some church hurt. I came to Harmony and just wanted to be kind of an attender, and then COVID hit. And um, I remember it was about two years ago now that I said to you, like, I'm actually thinking about leaving Harmony because I feel this calling to do something more, like to go into ministry. And you said, what a coincidence. Mm -hmm. We need a pastoral assistant. Mm -hmm. And so it's, again, God's timing kind of worked everything out. Right, and then we got to fulfill a dream because I had also shared my dream about children's ministry, which Absolutely. also happened during COVID. A hundred percent. Right, yeah. and, and now look at God. Look, look at, at God. God, right, amen? <laughs> yes. So... Um, uh, yes, so we're right down to this last part. Ugh. So uh, you're a fashion publicist, well, PR, public relations, yep. right? Yep. So is it is it easy to be able to, I mean, do you even share about being a Christian? Okay. A loaded question. <laughs> so um, it's probably not a shock to anyone that Hollywood is one of the most godless places on the planet. And I say that funny, yes, it's funny, but also it's a place where so many people who are here are creatives, right? So many people are different, you know, maybe a lot of people come to LA because they feel like they don't fit into the mold of wherever they came, that's why I came here, right? We feel like we don't fit into the mold of where we're from or we're looking for something bigger, want to do something creative, want to meet new people, try new experiences, find diverse opportunities. And so I feel like because Christianity as a whole has taken on this very firm and rigid view that God is looking for you to fit a mold. Mm -hmm. um, so many churches and religious groups preach this message of you had better follow every single rule and God is watching you to make sure you follow those rules. And once you break it, you're done, right? And so for people who are different, like everyone here in Hollywood, it's so hard to find out like who God is or, or what kind of relationship God wants to have with you because you're just told that you're the one who's different so you don't fit the mold. Um, I can say that as a gay person. I can say that for some of my coworkers who 
God forbid, have tattoos or, you know, um, my friends who are transgender, like there's so many of these molds that we are told we don't fit so God doesn't want us. And so I think part of working in PR here in LA um, is that I get to share that good news in a very subtle way. And I actually had an experience just last week. I was in New York for New York Fashion Week. Um, and after everything had happened and we had brunch on our last day there and it was just my coworkers and I and uh, one of the VPs of our company, she just looked at me like we were all exhausted. We had no filter. She looked at me and she said, you know, I, I saw you on Instagram. You're, you're a preacher. And I was like, something like that. And she was like, you're not very preachy. And I was like, well, yeah, like, what do, you, what do you expect from me? And she was like, aren't you supposed to be, like, watching us for, like, making sure we're doing those right things and making sure we're not breaking these rules? And I was like, no, not at all. Like, I don't want that job. Like, I want to be the one that shares the good news that God loves you. Um, and so I feel like those conversations that we get to have on a, a uh, irregular basis, but when God is ready for us to have them with people, it's such a blessing and such a cool thing. Like, I love coming to church and, and talking about my faith here and digging into the Bible with all of you, but it's almost more exciting to be mm-hmm. out in the world mm-hmm. and get to share the good news that God loves you. Like, no matter who you are, or what you're doing, God loves you. Amen. Hard stop. And that is our call. That is our call. Yes. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to Sunday Replay. I really hope that you enjoyed today's experience and that you'll join us next week for a Meditation Sunday episode and Harmony's birthday. So that's coming up next week. We hope you'll join us. In the meantime, thanks for listening to today's episode. Sunday Replay is hosted by me, Jace Lucas, and produced and edited by Donna Miller. Today's guests were Pastor Mark Stevenson, me, Jace Lucas, and the Harmony Worship Band. We hope you'll join us next week. But in the meantime, make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, and rate this episode wherever you're listening to podcasts. It really helps us to get the word out. And you can also connect with us online in the meantime on Instagram or Facebook. On Instagram, we are at harmony underscore TLC. And on Facebook, you can search for Harmony Toluca Lake. Sunday Replay is a part of the Harmony Podcast Network from Harmony Toluca Lake, a campus of Hollywood UMC. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, as Pastor Mark likes to say, peace.